This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin as uh, we've got another, surprise, surprise, jam-packed episode for you mm-hmm. folks at home. Uh, we've got a lot of playoffs to talk about, a lot of championship stuff happening here in North Shore. Um, so we are going to do our usual four-quarter format. In the first quarter, we recap everything that happened in the last week. Um, in the second quarter, we are joined by Highland Park Boys Swimming and Diving Coach Tim Soroy. In the third quarter, we play Way or Nowhere, weekly guessing game. And in the fourth quarter, we preview the upcoming week of uh, high school sports action. We are getting into um, the sectional round here, and we got some hockey playoffs to talk about as well. Um, so we've got a lot to talk about in this podcast. So why don't we start things off here in the first quarter um, by recapping some of the big headlines from the past week. And that starts off, obviously, with the state champion. Um, we talked about this last week, Joe, when we were talking about uh, Macy Adioti becoming the first Rambler uh, to ever win a wrestling state title in school history. Um, and you're pretty quick to say that Loyola very much likely could have gotten its second at that weekend, but also very likely could get their second this weekend um, in Bloomington. Um, and that's exactly what happened where Loyola sophomore Harley Hiller um, won a state title um, to add on to a, a really impressive list here, Joe, of not only the boys program, but also the girls program. Yeah, she had a dominant tournament. She was, uh, we talked about it. She's kind of known as maybe the best wrestler pound for pound in state uh, on the girls' side. And she backed it up at the state finals. Last year, she lost in kind of heartbreaking fashion in the, in the champ in uh, semis, actually. I think she came up on th- with third place medal. Um, this year, she went pin, 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 and then an 8-1 decision in the finals at 105 pounds. So pretty dominant stuff from her um, walking away with the state championship. Uh, we got interviews with her and, and some cool photos of her finals matchup on her site, so check it out. But um, she's just a dominating wrestler. She has a background in judo, which I know we've mentioned before on the pod and and in other stories we've done, but really helped her out get into wrestling. And now she's kind of merged the two skill sets and is really just a force to be reckoned with and, and proves it on the mats. Yeah, I was watching that game. I was down in Bloomington covering, you know, the state tournament for both girls and dual team. And um, I was watching her championship match, and um, she just really dominated and took a control when she uh, um, literally, I don't think she picked her up or anything. I don't think she picked up uh, Zoe Sandler from Anna uh, Johnsboro, but um, she almost like took her up and then slammed her on the ground and then scored a lot of points off of that move. Um, uh, Sandler was a little bit hurt after that one, but then she came back to compete in it. Um, but she just dominated in that, uh, matchup right from the start, just kind of controlled the pace. And, uh, you kind of saw exactly why and how talented she is and, um, why she became the first one to, uh, win the state title, um, at Loyal, especially at the girls tournament where, um, she just has that talent, especially be able to win pins all the way to the championship match. And um, in the championship match, she showed off her skills and um, really made the most of it in order to get that takedown and really, you know, 
put that match away to win uh, the 105 state title. Yeah, and we got two more years of this from her. Um, she's only a sophomore, um, but she's obviously going to grow in, in a number of ways in her skills. Um, we'll see if she stays at 105 pounds or she takes on another division. But um, either way, I think uh, not even close to the last we've heard of Harley Hiller. And uh, also other area, uh, you know, wrestlers uh, senior for Loyola Alexia Basipopoulos, um won her opening match by pin um, before dropping her next two. Nutra and Highland Park also had some representation. Trevian sophomore Jillian Gillard wrestled at 140 pounds, um, won her first opponent before dropping her second match in overtime and in the wrestlebacks. Um, and Giants junior Clara Ugaz um, competed at 135. I had just to make it down the state, but um, we talked about it a little bit before, Joe, but this Loyola wrestling program, both the boys and the girls, I mean, I know obviously the girls are relatively new and um, just getting started here for the for Loyola, but um, what an impressive start for um, the new coaching staff and what's just, you know, an infusion of talents, you know, with this wrestling program, just being able to win two state titles and uh, really changing the trajectory of where this Loyola wrestling program was even a couple of years ago. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, for what Matt Cullen wants to do, that the head coach of that program, um, he's, you know, letting the results speak for themselves, and he has big goals, so I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I can only imagine what this program is going to look like in a couple of years, really. Um, we could be talking about a team that's, you know, competing for team sectional titles um, um, in just a year or two. All right. Well, congrats to Harley, obviously, for winning that state title. Um, and congratulations to everyone else who made it down to Bloomington. Obviously, a big uh, accomplishment competing at the second ever annual uh, IHSA sanctioned girls tournament. So congrats to them. And um, I'm sure we'll be talking about them um, in the next couple of years, just competing as both the tournament grows and also girls wrestling grows um, in the state and in the area. Um, we also had uh, boys swimming and diving states taking place in the western suburbs in Westmont. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to, uh, you know, watch that and that you watched uh, New Trier finish up um, with a runner-up positioning where we were talking about, you know, New Trier potentially battling for that state title. Um, and uh, they had a really strong showing with, uh, with uh, some champions there um, finishing second overall as a team. Yeah, you know, we talked about um, in the past, you know, Nutria got fifth last year and, and they were really hungry to get back in that trophy contention and they did it in pretty pretty great fashion this weekend and this season. Um, you know, this since 2004, I think they have eight state titles and another uh, couple trophies, you know, second and third place. So, I mean, we know Nutria swimming is a thing. That's That's a dominant program in the state of Illinois. Um, so they want to be contending for championships every year. This was a big step to get back there. Um, and they got a state champion, Aiden Music, who made up a little bit of ground um, this weekend. And even from Friday to Saturday, he said, I believe he set the, the team record, the program record in the 100 uh, fly. Um, he was under 48 seconds. He was 47 and change. Um, can't remember the exact, but <clears throat> that was big for them. Um, it was big for their diver, Wyatt Wellahan, to finish top five, get those points out of diving. And, of course, their relays get them a ton of points. And they had, I think, three top five finishes in those relays, which were huge. So um, great day for them. Charlie Bufton made up some ground to come in fourth in the individual medley. medley. 
fourth or fifth. Um, but what it was huge, uh, big points there for them as well. And um, they were really battling with um, Stevenson for that second place. Stevenson was the state champ last year. And from what I heard, they, they were hurting this weekend in terms of a couple injuries, a couple health issues on their team. Not everyone could be there from their, you know, their lineup. So um, they were still competing with them. That may have given Nutria the edge either way. Um, Hinsdale Central dominant, just one of the best programs and, and performances in, in maybe state history. Uh, they set all three relays in one shot, uh, all state, state, state records. Um, kind of bittersweet, or not bittersweet, bitter for a new trier to watch two of their <laughs> records fall in one meet, uh, especially relays, was something they take pride in, but an unbelievable pro, uh, performance for Hinsdale Central. Yeah, just a really crazy performance just to win five events and state records. And like you said, in all three uh, relays, just really impressive stuff there. But also really impressive stuff from the Trevians, where like you mentioned earlier, they got uh, medals in seven events, uh, six top six finishers. Um, and, and you got some talent coming back here, Joe, where they can come back next season and kind of do some stuff. I know they graduate some, you know, swimmers um for next year but i do think there are some you know guys coming back you know next season who should uh um really help this team kind of continue on the trajectory that they've kind of built this season for sure yeah we're gonna we, you know they're gonna miss max Lestina, very fast swimmer um um i'm forgetting um graham wilson another fast swimmer um and a couple other guys but a lot of them were juniors and sophomores and uh they're gonna be here for a while aiden music's a state champ so you can expect uh, him to be in contention in a couple events and then be on relays and put them in contention. Um, Bufton's coming back and their diver, uh, their top diver, Wyatt Wellahan. Yeah, they're going to have um, a bunch of guys back. Uh, Stuart Timmerman's another guy that comes to mind who who had a good state meet. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to maybe be, it's not like Hinsdale Central's going away. So hopefully they can make that, close that gap a little bit and we'll have a little closer state meet next year. Yeah, definitely should be a lot of fun. But congrats to all the Trevians this season. Uh, big big uh, accomplishments this weekend in Westmont and uh, um, something to look forward to in the upcoming season. Um, all right, so uh, let's move on over now to basketball where um, we had a crazy finish on Tuesday night. Um, let's talk a little bit about what happened since then, though, or before then, I should say. Uh, Nutrier making it on to the sectional semifinals, winning their regional um, on Friday night, advancing to play Glenbrook South on Tuesday night. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 1st. Um, and it was a really interesting game. I was following along with your updates, Joe, where it seemed like Nutria had control of the game. Then all of a sudden, GBS came into control of the game. Um, and then they came down to one final play that I'll let you, let you set up here. But um, what a tight battle between these two rivals um, that have really blossomed in the last four or five years at this point. But um, another great matchup between these rivalry games that the Trevians are just able to pull through um, in the final second. Yeah, just a a basketball game that's really, you know, it was a bruiser. I mean, it was just, it was tough defense. These teams know what each other are going to do. Um, they've seen it six times in two years with, you know, a lot of the same personnel, not the exact same, of course, um, after some graduations last year, but a lot of the same personnel and obviously the same coaches and um, same schemes, a lot of the same schemes. So, um, you know, uh, after the game, Evan Canellas told me that, you know, even some of the coaches were calling out what plays 
GBS were about to run and were going to run. And GBS, I'm sure, was doing the exact same. Unbelievable defensive effort from the Titans all over Jake Fee and all night. Um, really tough for him to to get any space at all. And, um, of course, they made up for um, – they also were tight on the rest of the, the crew on the back end behind Fegan because, you know, Nishir had a scoring drought of seven minutes in the third quarter. They had a tough second quarter as well. Um, and it was uh, it was really a rough and tumble game. Um, um, not exactly pretty basketball for most of this one. So, um, Nutria had the lead. GBS got it back in the third quarter with uh, an 8-0 run um, to take that 27-21 to lead. And that was right in the middle of a scoring drought of about six, six closer to seven minutes, um, like 640, um, I believe, for Nutria. But, you know, not until a, a three-pointer by Ian Brown – excuse me, did they, uh, did they score? And they had, you know, they went without scoring a couple minutes and a half too. So um, add those together and you just couldn't put the ball in the hole. But, you know, Jake Fegan told me after the game, you know, they had that huge scoring drought and he looked up the clock. There was time left and they were only down six. And he said, that's, we're in this game and some, you know, somehow we haven't scored for, you know, a long time. So um, they, they, regrouped, um, closed the gap a little um, going into the fourth. Um, I shouldn't say a little, a lot, a fadeaway jumper by Canelos. Um, tough fall away. Uh, trimmed it to one, I think 28-29, 29-28 going into the fourth. And then it was back and forth. Uh, Fegan got seven points, four of them at the line, or three of them. Um, Gavin Marr was outstanding uh, for, the, for Glenbrook South really all night. He did a lot of defense on – Fegan, he also did uh, some defense kind of all over the floor, uh, but he was just big for the Titans' offense. Um, he does a little bit of everything, but he hit two big threes in the fourth and another bucket um, to really help his team out. Nick Taylor for GBS was big all night. He kind of took it to uh, the Trevians inside. Uh, Tyler Van Gorp, he's a little faster than him, so he was able to get to his left hand um, a lot. Um, and He scored 15. Mar scored 15. But Fegan um, did what he did late in the game. He, he drove baseline, which he loves to do with a little a little shimmy because um, people have to guard him tight for his jump shot. Um, and he, he converted a two points to tie the game at 40. And I thought it was interesting right there. Um, I noticed a switch in Nutria's defense. They popped in their secondary defense, which they kind of do to surprise some teams. They're 1-3-1, which is a trapping, uh, kind of a, a high-pressure zone, although, you know, they're, they're, of course – in any zone there there's holes here or there, but it's a very active zone. Um, and they kind of got, um, I don't know if, I don't know if it frustrated GBS, but they had to work more for the shot they wanted, I think. And, uh, they got one from Casher. I, it's hard to say Nate Casher's kind of their three point specialist, hard to say it, it wasn't the shot they wanted. Um, he got a decent look feller got a hand in his face, but it, it was relatively open off the mark. Fegan got the ball 50 seconds left after that we're tied at 40 um and Nutria settled for the last shot their first attempt at that um they got the ball to Fegan and he drove kind of around um you know around the key and then kind of toward the toward the lane and attempted like a fall away uh jumper but it wasn't happening luckily you know GBS deflected it out of bounds was the last to touch it 1.6 seconds left they set up the final play which was uh, relatively simple. Um, Fegan's 
going to come and, and, you know, everybody is expecting Fegan to take the last shot or that's probably what Nutrier wants. Um, Fegan's going to come and set a pick for Canales' man and then get a screen right off the screen he set to hopefully pop open in the far corner. Well, wasn't time for that because as soon as um, Fegan set the screen for Canales, he popped wide open under the basket. He went from about just shy of the free throw line, direct direct curl to the basket. No one was there. Uh, uh, Feller didn't hesitate, found him for an easy two. Clock expired, game over celebration. Um, pretty unbelievable, great play call. Uh, you know, if I were to say what kind of happened to the GBS, obviously it was a breakdown. You know, you can have a defender on the ball defending the inbounds pass, jumping, throwing their arms up, throwing their legs out, or you can have them sag a little bit, Back to the ball, front to the ball, doesn't matter. You can have him sag a little bit and kind of guard the open space wherever wherever you think that might be. Well, that low man for GBS drifted too far from the hoop, I think. He drifted up toward the free throw on to where Fegan was setting that screen. No one was under the hoop after that. So as he drifted, you could see Canales come right under him. Um, two other guys were also on Fegan because of that screen, and, and nobody um, was even close to Canales for that wide-open right-hand layup. So um, that's a little breakdown of the play. Uh, great concept. Uh, worked exactly how they wanted. I guess the other thing would have been um, somebody stays on Canales, and then Fegan hopefully pops open. But um, that, that first option worked pretty great, and uh, they're moving on to the sectional championship. Yeah, what a just crazy finish and just, you know, a topsy-turvy way of, you know, just what's going, what went on in that game, just, you know, this and that. And um, kind of looking at the, you know, it seemed like it was a blown play and just missed coverage and that kind of stuff at the final play. But what what kind of led to Nutrier, you know, getting into that hole? And is that something that you're kind of maybe, is, is that something that we talked about earlier in the year where, you know, this team cannot score for a little bit and that might be what does them in. So, I mean, what was GBS doing? Were they, was it pretty much knowing the plays and that kind of stuff? I mean, teams can scout pretty well these, these days, especially um, with all the tape available. So, I mean, what was Nutrier not really doing offensively where GBS was just really able to limit their scoring ability, especially in the second half? I mean, they really did play great on ball defense and great face-up defense on Fegan all over the court. So, you know, Feller or, or Colby Smith or, um, you know, whoever Canelo's got the ball to, you know, Ian Brown, uh, once, you know, kind of part of their offense is Canelo's is driving and kicking. Um, and when he kicked to those guys, they may have had an open shot for a split second, but not even that there was really no window. It was just really unbelievable pressure from GBS. Um, you know, great closeouts, it was impressive stuff. It really was. So I think that was part of it, kind of knowing the tendencies and knowing how to play certain guys as well. It's not just the plays. It's how do you specifically play in Ian Brown or a, a Logan fellow and Fegan, of course. Uh, they just blanketed Fegan the whole time. Um, and then, so there was that part of it. Um, I really want to give a lot of credit to GBS. It was an incredible, incredible performance from for their defense. Um, but also – it got really physical and at, at a couple different points, nasty. Like we, we had one moment where Fegan and his defender, I, I can't even remember his name, got tangled up and there was some inappropriate pushing and grabbing while they were on the floor. Like it, that's, that shouldn't happen. So when that stuff happens, you kind of think they're a little in their head, you know, 
whether it's GBS or Nutria, they're they're not playing their game. They've been taken out now of their game, and that's going to lead to a possession or two where it's just not going to happen. So that's one thing. Another thing, missed shots, um, and that could be them being taken out of their game and just maybe feeling the pressure of the moment. But they did miss looks. Um, they had a couple looks in the corner in the first half that I've seen these guys hit, you know, 60% of uh, open looks in the corner specifically um, that were off. Um, Fegan actually came off a couple times for what he likes um, kind of coming off the screen for a curl and about a foot behind the three point line. He missed those. Um, so a lot of missed shots. They really had to rely on Canelo's um, finishing at the basket, which they never have to do. And he had 10 points, maybe one of his, uh, his best performance of the season. Um, does it concern me going forward? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I think so. At this point in the season, now everybody's really, really good. You know, you get no breaks now. So um, you go on a drought like that, and if your defense um, is the first to budge, um, you're going to lose that game. So luckily, New Jersey's defense didn't budge too much. They were only down six points. Um, so, um, you know, whoever it is, Rolling Meadows or Glenbrook North, it's another team that's going to know New Trier pretty well on Friday night. But I think – I don't. I can't imagine a better defensive performance than what GBS put on the floor. So, and I think now that Nutrier has seen something like that, they're going to be a little better prepared for what if that same scenario happens? Uh, what do we do? Let's be more poised. All that stuff. They'll pick it up a little before I. I think Friday night. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. So concerned, uh, worried a little bit, but I, I just this Nutrier team's good, man, and and they'll respond. All right, we'll hit on more on that in the third quarter and the fourth quarter as well. New Cheer potentially playing either um, Glenbrook North or uh, Rolling Meadows after um, Loyola was not able to uh, beat uh, Rolling Meadows in their regional final game on Friday, um, losing, where is this? There it is, 52-44. Uh, to 44. Uh, So the Rambler season ends in uh, the regional final. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, Loyal, really, if you ask me, um, shot themselves in the foot too much. Um, Rolling Meadows played played a very good basketball game. Uh, their defense was really good, but a lot of Loyola's turnovers were unforced. Um, dribbling off your leg, for instance, and um, turn you know stepping on the baseline, things like that that um, can be avoided. Um, and I think. Uh, I think just, you know, you do that against – they didn't have much margin for error in a, in chasing that upset. Um, a small margin for error, and, and that window kind of closed quickly, um, and they could never really make it up. Um, some some nice performances from guys like Brandon Loftus had 11 rebounds. Um, Jimmy Tarjan had, I think, 11 points or so, and he, he really tried to keep his team in in the second half. Um Miles Bowen did what he does, but even he uh, missed some shots and, um, you know, they played tough defense on him as well. So, um, yeah, just not their night. I really think that's part of it. Um, where, where, what are your thoughts about where this season was for Loyola boys? I mean, I feel like we, you know, we had ups, we had downs, we had, you know, them bring, beating Brother Rice and then, you know, losing to um, DePaul and that kind of stuff or maybe I'm, I'm, whatever the what back-to-backs were, but – um, just the, it seemed like a season where Loyola showed off its potential, but also a season where, you know, they kind of showed that maybe they're not the level um, at a level to, you know, reach a sectional round. I, I think I think that's pretty accurate, Mike. I think, you know, they, they have 
a lot of good basketball players and they have great coaching and um, they may not have the high level talent as some of these teams, um, but they can play with them. And, but you know, the next day, then they can play down to their next opponent. And and I think that's going to, that's going to take some maturing in the off season. Um, and, you know, but in the end, I think I saw, they tweeted out, you know, 23 win seasons, does this season that 23 at 10 is a very good year, big wins in there. They competed for a conference championship in a tough CCL. Um, th- those are real accomplishments that they could be very proud of. Um, um, and, and they bring a bunch of guys back. So, you know, Alex Angro had a very good season. He's going to play at Navy next year, uh, you know, a senior leader for them. Um, and I, I think I saw their 23 wins was like sixth in program history. So, I mean, you can't be too mad. That's a, that's a pretty good season. Not how they, they thought they could go farther. I think they wanted to. They knew their potential. But next year we got, uh, you know, and, and by the way, against Rolling Meadows, they did they, they played that game without one of their spark plugs and Andrew Hollerich who was injured, injured his thigh and uh, was out. Um, so he, he's one of the fiery guys. And also I think their second leading scorer in the past couple of months, once he um, got going. So he's coming back and, and miles Boland's coming back. Their standout um, Jimmy, you know, Tarjan's coming back. Sophomore Loftus is going to be a force inside, you know, which is something we don't say too much about Loyola Academy, but they're going to have a banger to inside um, who's going to get you like 10 rebounds a game, and just play lot, you know, tough big boy defense. So, um, looking forward to next year's iteration. But I think we should kind of celebrate this one. It was a pretty good team. Yeah, really good team. Just fun moments. Obviously, just not didn't get to the level that they wanted to be competed in. But like you said, obviously, a season that they had is not anything to sneeze upon. So, um, congrats to them on another successful year. Um, some fun uh, memories as well. Um, let's go over to the girls team, where you know, since we talked, Loyola was going to be playing. Um, in the sectional final, I believe, um, that's where we left off against Maine South, um, and, uh, saw that game, um, taking place at Nutria in the Nutria sectional. And, um, we questioned, we were kind of like, well, Maine South's a really good team. Just how good, you know, could this happen? Maine South is just playing at another level and they seem to be playing at another level, um, on Friday night, taking down Loyola, um, in the sectional final 49 to 38, uh, the Rambler season ending in the sectional final. Yeah. Mike, I almost forgot that game. I was there too. Um, so, <laughs> so much has happened this weekend. So much basketball has happened in the last week. Yeah, it's crazy. But this is a um, a good but young team. And I think, you know, some of the experience um, by Maine South kind of took care of them. Some of the poised shots, Ava Bogoyevich is one of them. Um, she hit some big, big shots for them. Um, she's been in these moments before. Um, I actually think, is she still a junior anyway? Um, but it's, it's a very good main South team. Um, both teams played good defense, but main South kind of matched them and, um, Loyola, not that they're not used to that, but, um, I think they need to bust down a team's defense a little more than they did, um, to win a game like that, where, um, we're in a sectional championship here. We got two very good programs going at it. So I think they needed a little more out of their offense. They also turned the ball over a little bit late. Um, they kind of stopped any comeback from happening. Um, but it was, you know, it was a pretty good basketball game for the most part. Um, you know, Maine, Maine South has a lot of a lot of good basketball players on that team. Um, but as we talked about Loyola's 
a seniorless group. Um, they're also a 28 win group. It's a very uh, good team. They just couldn't take down um, Maine South in this one and um, are going to kind of use that as motivation going forward, I'm sure, uh, as to come back a little bigger, a little stronger, a little ready for these moments. Um, some of their freshmen really stepped up. Mary Kate Mackey had a really nice game. Um, she sank a few three pointers um, to keep her team in it. Um, Paige Angles had another 15 point game. Mackey finished with 12. She had four three pointers. So um, just not enough from them on the offensive end against a team that is as explosive as, as the Hawks. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, just uh, um, getting a lot of experience and obviously getting to the sectional final isn't anything looked down upon. But um, Maine South lost to Hersey in uh, their super sectional. And then uh, so Hersey's going down to state and will play O'Fallon on Friday. But um, congrats to the Ramblers on a great season. Um, obviously, maybe not to the level that they wanted to get to, but um, still a lot of great stuff um, and fun memories that uh, they were able to make and we made, you know, just talking about them and what they were able to accomplish um, this season. Um, and then finish things off here in the first quarter. I know this first quarter is really long, but we were just talking about how, you know, this there is a lot of stuff that happened this past week. But um, Regina Dominican was playing um in the play uh continuing its run in the playoffs um and uh did something it hasn't done in the last uh 40 years just um another strong performance from regina joe that um you know kind of came to an end in the past week yeah big shout out to regina another young team um that's kind of on the on the come you know regina's a um has kind of been known as a basketball school through its existence although it has ups and downs that's certainly going to happen at a really small school like Regina. Um, they're on the way up again, and uh, they, they made it to the sectional final last year. They're playing in 2A, um, and they did so again this year, and they ran into just a very good DePaul prep team um, who won another sectional. I think that might be their third in a row. Um, just a very good team. So nothing again. They were a bit outmatched in this one, um, firepower-wise. <clears throat> um, but great season for them. Sectional championship, they hadn't, or regional championship, they hadn't made it back to back years to the sectional final since uh, the 80s, early 80s. Um, so uh, big ups to them. And they got most of their team coming back. And um, they had a couple freshmen who were among their biggest contributors. Um, and uh, Jillian DeFranzia, one of them, Junior Peyton Oslowski is another one um, who had a nice day. Um, one of their seniors, Kendall Williams. Um, has been a four-year varsity player. She's also a standout in other sports, uh, but they wave goodbye to her, but they'll be back with plenty uh, of talent moving forward. Um, Olivia Fratergo, Fratergo, Fratergo. Anyway, Olivia is another freshman who's uh, was one of their leading scorers and is going to be back next year. And they, they expect a couple incoming freshmen to contribute as well. So this is a good team to keep an eye on the Regina Panthers out of Wilmette. Yeah, obviously another, you know, fun story to tell. And obviously with all these fun stories, looking forward to uh, next winter with all the great stuff that we're going to have to talk about. But um, we still got boys basketball and we'll obviously preview that in the fourth quarter. But for now, we're going to move on over to the second quarter and we are going to be joined by um, Highland Park boys swimming and diving coach Tim uh, Saroy. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with him, um, you know, with their performance at the state meet. What are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, Highland Park put up, you know, their best performance as a team um, since the 1960s. So we're talking 60 years. Um, they finished fourth. They had a state champion in um, 
um, Kevin Abochi and a second place diver in Noam Kulbeck and their, their, their relays performed really well. And they got some other contributions as well. Um, and, and this was Tim Soroy's final year as coach of Highland Park. So uh, really cool for him, for this group to, to uh, be with Tim in his final year. So we talked about that and just how they did it and uh, why it's special. All right, let's take a listen. When was your last individual champ? This this is our first. In program history? Well, or first for me, for you, okay. um, the last individual champ was um, Bill Merkel back in 1984 okay. in the 100 back. And then prior to Bill, it was in the 1960s with Bill Myroff on the 50 free, mm -hmm. 100 free. So it's been a long time. With Kevin and Danny and uh, the, the relays that they yep. you know lead, the diver Noam, Noam, yep. did I pronounce it right? Yep. A pretty special group. Uh, where does kind of this group kind of sit in your tenure? I don't want well, you to rate your... <laughs> I, yeah, without rating them, I would just have to say that I've actually seen them grow up together. I've seen them since they were six, seven years old. They would walk out on deck. They would, used to call each other the swim bros. They'd come out on deck <laughs> arm in arm. And uh, at meets, they're just a very tight group. And academically, they're elite. Um, Character-wise, they're elite. I, I could not have asked for a better group for my last year of coaching. That's awesome. And, uh, I mean, there's not been one issue. Like, not one. that They take care of each other. Uh, if something's going on with someone else, they know about it before I do, and they help them. So it's it's a very caring group. So medals and everything else aside, um, it's just uh, been the best. Yeah. It's, it's been the best. How long have you been with Island Park? Uh, 21 or 22 years. I, I can't remember when I came over, but I've been the boys coach since my second year. I've been coaching girls since then. So I've been coaching 33 years. And this is absolutely like the most cohesive group we've That's had. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you retiring? I am. I'm teaching and coaching. Thank you. Going to be difficult? It is going to be difficult. Um, it's what I love. I... I <laughs> yeah, don't get me started because it's been a very emotional year when we, when we do something and I think about what life's going to be like without what's the most special part of my day yeah. is being on the pool deck with those guys yeah. so, are you going to be able to hang around it at all? yeah I'll Check be involved in. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm the head of our state association and our national association I, I'm involved with NISCA quite a bit so I'm going to be involved with swimming I'll find some place to coach yeah I just don't know where thank you as always to Tim for joining us and thank you as always to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week always appreciate everybody's insight and good to get some different voices in there as opposed to just ours um, we always appreciate everybody's time and uh, effort all right let's go on over now to the third quarter where we play way or no way our weekly guessing game where Joe and I argue or agree upon five propositions and argue whether they can happen, way or no way they cannot happen. Um, and we're going to go back to uh, boys basketball here um, and picking up with Nutrier. Uh, Joe, way or no way that uh, Nutrier's uh, last second win um, changed your confidence level in this Nutrier basketball team ability to go down the state? No way. Um, 
I, you know, like I, I say a lot at this point in the season, everybody's good or everybody's on a run, uh, which makes them good in that particular moment. And um, I mean, we're in the sectional set. We're down to 30. Uh, now we're down to 16 teams in class 4A. Um, these teams are have proven themselves to make it this far, you know, survive in advance, if you will. And that's really what it matters, you know, in, in these tournaments. You know, you're going to have your off days. Can you gut it out? Uh, can you finish, come out with a victory is really all that matters to, for you to play the next day. And I think uh, that to win when you're not having your best day is – is a good quality to have. So um, you're hoping they got kind of that uh, subpar effort, something they're not uh, not playing at their best out of the way, and they can uh, build it back up for the next contest. But it doesn't doesn't change my my thought. Yeah, I think I'll go with no way. I'll I'll, I'll agree with you here, and mostly because of just what the I I don't know. I guess just mostly of what the competition is at this point. I mean, you have Rolling Meadows and Glenbrook North left. Um, obviously one of those teams they'll be playing for a sectional title on Friday. And maybe, 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 you know, Tuesday was a wake up call for Nutrarian. Um, that's exactly what they needed. And maybe, I, I don't think they were taking GBS, you know, lightly or any like thing like that, but maybe they were like, well, you know, we're the top seed. Uh, Michael and Joe said on the podcast that we're going to have an easy time. So we're going to have an easy time. You know, that's how it works. Right. But I, I, I think that, you know, you, I feel like you kind of saw them be like, oh, you know, we survived in advance and that's all that matters. And this is one of those games. And um, I think that Nutria uh, should be, you know, amped up whether they play GBN or Rolling Meadows on Friday. So I'm going to go with no way. Um, I, I still expect this team to win a sectional title and potentially go down the state. So, um, no, my confidence level has not changed um, with Nutria boys basketball. Uh, going back to wrestling, Joe, way or no way, Hiller obviously won a state title, first one for Loyola as a sophomore this past weekend in Bloomington. Way or no way you think she will win another before her high school career is over? Yes, way. Yeah, she's she's really that good. She's really that, um, among her peers, um, that dominant. And I think whether she chooses to to try out another weight division or stays in hers, that isn't going to change. Um they're going to get better, but so is she. And uh, I think she's as motivated, you know, just judging from her words and um, her performances, I think she's as motivated as anyone else that could possibly be in her field uh, to stay atop it. So I will say way. Yeah, I think that's an easy way. I mean, barring injury, I think that's the easiest way we can say. I think she's very <laughs> talented and she can um, do really well. And that, yeah, I mean, we're, we'll be talking about Harley next season, hopefully. Um, winning another state title. I'm just very confident in her ability um, to do that. Um, all right, bouncing back over to uh, basketball, talk about LA girls basketball. Joe, way or no way, you think a sectional final appearance for this year's Loyola team um, was kind of what we expected and has you feeling good about, you know, what they're able to accomplish this season with the roster that they had? I think way. I think that's about, you know, if we were to make predictions at the beginning of the year, we would have said, course hindsight 2020 i'm predicting myself to be retroactively correct but um <laughs> making it to the section round and competing for a championship which i think is, is what they did um just because they were returning what we knew about Paige angles and kelsey langston um of course we didn't know about their dynamic freshman who came in and performed well um i think we thought they could be that good and, and they've kind of proven year after year at being at that pretty high level um, from the pandemic year where they were 
really good. We didn't have the postseason, but they were, um, man, like 15 and one or something. Then last year, like 28 and three, um, making a run to the, again, to the sectional championship or the supers, uh, where they could have beaten Stevenson who won state. And that was a really good group. Um, they lost two, but they brought back, uh, three players who were big contributors in that lineup. So I think this was about right. And, uh, they have the potential, I think, the ceiling to over- outperform that, but it, it was a very good 28-win year. Yeah, I think it was definitely a good year. Obviously, when you win 28 games, something is going right for you. So, yeah, I think, I think um, you know, with the, with the talent that they lost from last season, I, I think this team was good and was going to do accomplish a lot of great things like they did, and I think they showed you just how good they can be and. Um, they were able to do that this season. Obviously, I'm sure they wanted to win another game, maybe get to that super sectional, um, maybe even obviously get down to state, but they got good talent coming back next season. And I think this year, these, the, the experiences they had this year um, is exactly what they needed to go through. And I think they'll be able to learn from those experiences and come back next year and win some of those games like they lost against Mother McCauley or like other, you know, bigger teams. I think that'll come in helpful, um, you know, this time next year. So, um, I'm going to go with the way I think it was a good season for them. All right. Loyola boys basketball obviously ended its season with a regional title uh, loss uh, in the final there. Um, way or no way, Joe, you thought we could have gotten more out of this Loyola boys basketball team this season. I think, and we talked about it while we were kind of talking about rolling meadows and I don't know, it really didn't matter what seed they got. Um, they would have played, the, the top half of this sectional was just so, so good. Um, so with that being said, I think that's about right. You know, I think, um, again, similar to the girls' side, with, with what they brought back and what they could do, this is a good team that had a ceiling. They showed that they could beat certain teams, but um, I'm not saying, you know, they could beat, as they showed Brother Rice, but they're not better than Brother Rice. I don't think same thing with rolling meadows. Like they could beat rolling meadows, you know, on, on any given day, but I don't think they're better than rolling meadows as, as a complete team. So that's kind of, I think the position this team was in and, and in the, in the regional final, they matched up with rolling a better team and who played better that day, which I guess is the most likely odds on outcome. We just thought they could, you know, Loyola can put together a game any day that can beat anybody and just didn't happen that night. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd go agree with you. Then I, I go with way. I think, uh, um, you know, they showed us a lot of glimpses and that kind of stuff. And they showed us the ability of what they were able to do, but um, they, they they were never at the level of a brother rice or a St. Rita or a Mount Carmel. Um, I, I think maybe they can potentially get to that level next season, but yeah, I think with what they were able to accomplish, I would go with way here. Um, and agree. I, I think they kind of were at exactly where we thought they were going to be. Um, all right, we're going to talk more about this in the fourth quarter, but I'll finish off our way or no way here with the last question going to hockey um, as we got playoffs here, Joe. Uh, way or no way um, you think that our area team will win either a boys or a girls state title? I'll say way. I think Nutria Green has the inside track. Um, they're the top seed in, uh, in their bracket. Um, they've won a couple games here. Um, we're moving about a game a week. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, they've had, a, they've had a very nice season. They earned the top seed and I think they, uh, they've proven they can beat everybody in that bracket. So 
um, <clears throat> you know, once now we're getting in the quarter, so now we're going to get some really good games here, but I, I still think they're, they're the best team and somebody has got to prove otherwise. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think way, I think Nutria has a good chance. Obviously Nutria and Loyola girls are both in their semifinals. So um, they have a good opportunity to, you know, guarantee a spot to win the state title. But um, yeah, I think we should uh, expect that, especially with how good the hockey has been in the area recently. Um, I think it's a fair assessment that um, we'll get a uh, state title here um, in the next month, just with from one of our area teams. All right, let's move on over to the fourth quarter where we'll pick up on this uh, hockey conversation before we preview new chair boys basketball um, and their sectional matchup. Um, but uh, going off of hockey, like I mentioned earlier, we'll start off with the girls. New Trier girls are playing Barrington on Sunday at Bensonville West, 9 a.m. Um, in their state semifinal matchup. And Loyola plays Fenwick um, in their state semi uh, semifinal uh, matchup. Uh, Fenwick, number two. Loyola, number three. Barrington, number one. New Trier, number five in that tournament. So um, a little bit of an upset there for New Trier to get to the semifinals, Joe. But um for Loyola and Nutria, obviously a Barrington, a tough team to look forward to. Fenwick is a really good team um, in girls hockey as well. What are the chances you think that we see a Loyola Nutria uh, state final um, at the United Center? I think this is a tough one. I think uh, as we, <laughs> you know, hockey has, the parity has improved in hockey. It's not Nutria Loyola every year with, with kind of, you know, GBN as well. Um, we, we got a pretty, well-rounded hockey landscape um, across the suburbs um, right now, and even the city on the girls' side with the Romans. Um, so um, Barrington's very good. Nutrier hasn't beaten Barrington this year. I think they're 0-4-1 or so, um, and Fenwick's very good. So not that they can't win those games, but saying the odds that they will and they'll meet, um, I think those are lower. I think they're the underdogs here and got to pull off something. So um I don't know if they'll meet. I think it's going to be a tough game, but I think they have potential to, so it's one to watch out for, um, but I wouldn't expect them to meet each other. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I think it'd be good, if, obviously, if both of them win, but I, I should expect maybe one of them getting in. I Just based on what we've seen from them, I think there's a good chance that one of them get in. Obviously, we'll talk more about that um, in next week's episode, but uh, for the boys' uh, side, Nutria Green takes on Carmel Saturday in their state. Uh, how many brackets do we do here? We're there in the quarterfinals right now. So a uh, quarterfinal matchup here for Nutria Green against Carmel on Saturday at 4.55 at Bensonville West. Um, Loyola Gold taking on GBS on Sunday, 4.55 at Bensonville West. Uh, Loyola Gold, the number seven seed. GBS, the number two seed. Loyola, the or Nutria Green, the number one seed. Um, and Carmel, the number eight seed. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, Joe, but Nutria Green just seems like they're playing at a different level right now, and hopefully um, that kind of helps them advance into the semifinals where they would potentially play a Stevenson or a GBN. Yeah, I think they got the inside track there. I think they're playing really good hockey. Um, I think they, they discard Carmel um, without too much trouble. Loyal is going to have more trouble with a, GB, a very good GBS team this year. Got to pull out a, a pretty good performance to uh, – to, to not to, to not just win there, but to compete with the, with that GBS team. All right, we'll talk more about hockey next week as uh, we're winding things down. But um, let's look forward here to a sectional final between Nutrier and who knows uh, Nutrier playing either GBN or Rolling Meadows on Friday on their Northfield campus. 
Um, Joe, Nutrio was able to beat both of these teams. I know they split with uh, GBN. Um, who do you think that they'll play on Friday? And then what can we look forward to in their matchup? Yeah, we're talking on Wednesday afternoon. That game's tonight. Um, I think it's going to be uh, Rolling Meadows. Uh, both teams looked pretty good in their regional final wins. Um, but uh, I just think Rolling Meadows can kick it into a higher gear than GBN can, especially with GBN not missing their best player. Now, GBN's still a very good team without Josh Fridman. They're just not the same team. So um, yeah. I think Rolling Meadows just has kind of a higher ceiling um, with Chris, with their whole lineup, who, by the way, you know, seeing it in person, I know I saw it in person earlier this year, but they didn't have it pretty healthy. But man, there's just arms everywhere. Everybody's six four, six five, six eight. It's crazy. Uh, their their starting lineup is wild, uh, which helps them obviously on both ends of the floor. So, you know, the one thing they lack um, is a true ball handler in their starting rotation. Um, something you can take advantage of. They kind of use different looks at bringing the ball up, and they're clever about it. Um, but it's something that you can you can scheme um, with that in mind. So um, that being said, I still think they got a little too much punch in. But I do think it's going to be a good game. I think we're going to go into a you know a um, a single digit margin. Um, whoever wins this one. All right, let's say it's Rolling Meadows. Um, I feel like we pre GBN and we know a lot about GBN, so I feel like folks at home can check out you know other episodes and that kind of stuff if they want to get our deep dive analysis. But um, with Rolling Meadows, how different of a team is Rolling Meadows now as opposed to the team that Nutria beat earlier in the season? And Nutria needed to come back in, in pretty impressive fashion to beat that Rolling Meadows team. So um, what kind of challenge could this Rolling Meadows team, you know, kind of present to Nutria? And what can Rolling Meadows kind of learn from um, that GBS game and how physical they can be and how much that they can, you know, stop Nutria from running an offense that it wants to run? So with with this, you know, fully formed Rolling Meadows team, it's a lot bigger, as I just kind of talked about. And that can just wreak a lot of havoc um, in passing lanes, on the defensive end of the floor, just in physicality, just, you know, sheer size. You know, Colby Smith's going to have a guy on him. Um, and Colby Smith's the sophomore guard um, who's 6'4", six, six, and he might have a 6'6 six, six guy on him. That's going to really stop him from doing a lot of things he might like to do, pressure him off the ball and things like that. That being said, Nutria might be able to do any things in terms of speed, quickness, getting to the basket, um, and you know, kicking it out and maybe having a little bit more open looks. Now, Rolling Meadows got beat last time uh, because a little bit because of that size, and they didn't really have anybody to guard five out. Not they didn't have enough to guard five out, and that fifth guy out in the Nutria small lineup is Ian Brown, who hit twelve three pointers in fourteen attempts which was absolutely wild. I mean, that's not happening again, um, but they do know Nutrier can shoot. So they have to have an answer for Nutrier's either, you know, if they play with Van Gorp four out, if they don't, sometimes five out. They got to have an answer for that and be able to kind of counter Evan Canellis, their point guard, driving and kicking to open shooters. Um, and Nutrier on the defensive end of the floor, in a lot of that game earlier in the season, Rolling Meadows was really taking it to Nutrier on the on Rolling Meadows offensive end of the floor. They were kind of getting what they wanted. So uh, Nutrier's defense better be up to the challenge is what I'm saying. Um, they better learn a lot from that game. They better know what Rolling Meadows likes to do. And I really think they should pressure the ball a lot. This is, of course, my 
inner non-coach coming out. But um, without a true ball handler, you know, maybe they, they might – sometimes they use their center, um, Nikolic Wilson. Um, sometimes they use Christie. It's not like you want to pressure Christie too much. But, you know, when other guys bring the ball up, um, I think look for look for Nutria to pressure. Um, and they will pressure Christie full court. I'm saying more in the half court. You know, Christie will just shoot over you. Um, but uh, it's going to be a good game if it's between uh, if it's between those two. And you know, you're right. These, this is a different look for both teams. Nutria has grown leaps and bounds in their cohesion with their unit. So uh, I'm really interested to see what what it looks like. I know this is obvious coaching, but I feel like the biggest key if they do play Rolling Meadows is not to get into a big hole like they did last time against Rolling Meadows because I think this time Rolling Meadows won't let Nutria claw its way back into the game. And like you mentioned, you can make endless three-pointers. So, I mean, just um, what what is the key to this game? Like the, the essential thing for Nutria to do if they want to win this game and advance to the super sectional? I think a lot of it's toughness um, because they're going to be outsized. I think they got to be tough with 50, 50 balls and rebounding. Um, I think they got to limit those possessions um, from rolling meadows and uh, second chance opportunities. If they can defensive rebound, um, you know, I'm interested to see the time split between Van Gorp and, um, and Ian Brown and maybe even some other lineups they do there. Um, and uh, just because rebounding could be an issue. Um I expect guys like Fegan and Logan Feller, kind of their their athletic wings, to do a big job on the boards, to have a lot of responsibility in that category, um, and to crash them hard and and to rack them up. I I expect a big performance from Jake Fegan, to be honest. Um, I think this he'll be a little more free, not completely free. Uh, Rolling Meadows is going to be on him. Um, but the GBS game, um, I, it really was as bruising as I was describing. And GBS was in foul trouble very early because of that. So um, I think we need to see toughness um, on, on rebounding 50-50 balls. Uh, and I, I do think um, defensive end of the floor is key for them. All right, let's assume Nutria wins this game on Friday. They would potentially play um, Libertyville <laughs> or Stevenson or Prospect. I, I assume Stevenson wins that game. Um, so they'll either play Libertyville or, Pro, or uh, Stevenson um, in the Hoffman Estates uh, Super Sectional on Monday. Um, so, Joe, um, obviously we know Libertyville is a really good team, and we know either you know Stevenson or, or Prospect are good teams, probably more Stevenson. But um, what can Nutria potentially face in those opponents if they were to make it to the Super Sectional round? Different type of basketball, different um, style, even though slightly um, with those two teams. I mean, don't don't count on prospect. They beat Palatine, who beat Rolling Meadows. So, excuse me. Um, that's a good team too. I don't know who's going to come out of that, but I do know that um, Nutria is going to have the. Um, I, I've used this phrase a lot this year. Has the horses to beat teams in that section? <laughs> um, they got the dudes. Um, so I, I think they will be a. a able to match up well with anybody who comes out of there. It's just about executing at that point, executing and toughness at this point in the season. Um, who's ever coming out of there is going to be hot as well. So cooling them off, you know, making sure you guys are on the same level playing field. Um, it's going to be good. Um, but, uh, you know, one game at a time. All right, Joe. All right, coach. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot huh. here. Uh, next time we're talking on this podcast is Nutria going down to state in Champaign. Uh, how do you foresee this upcoming week happening? Oh, boy. 
I mean, every game now, I mean, even start, starting with the GDS game, every game now I think is, is really close to 50-50. It's just really good basketball. Um, teams pulling out all the stops. Um, you know, stars stars on the court. Um, it's, it's tough to say, but uh, I guess if I were to make a prediction, how can you not be um, a bit of a homer at this point um, in what they've done this year? Um, Nutrier's done and um, uh, a guy like uh, Jake Fegan is, and Evan Canellos, um, as well as they are playing, um, they're seniors. Um, what can they do here at home um, in the sectional final? I'll say yes. We're talking about uh, we're looking at some state stats that were just put up on IHSA for Nutrier. I think I would go. I don't know. I think it's yeah. interesting. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be interesting. Um, Assuming it's Rolling Meadows, I think Rolling Meadows gives Nutria a much harder time than Libertyville or Barrington do. Um, I recall saying this last year as well, where we were like, oh, the winner of the Nutria GBS sectional is going to go to the state. And that wasn't the case at all. So um, watch that go back. But I, I think that this Rolling Meadows matchup is going to be tough for Nutria, um, especially at full strength. So um, unfortunately, I do think that they, I think if it's Rolling Meadows, that Rolling Meadows kind of gets the best of Nutria. I think. Maybe maybe Tuesday ignited things up for Nutrier, but um, I think it's going to be a hard sell. Um, and uh, I'm really interested to see in that game. But I do think Rolling Meadows has the has the horses, like you say, um, has the horses to um, potentially, you know, just pick up this game and especially get revenge. I think that's the other biggest thing where the Rolling Meadows will know that they gave up that game during the regular season. And uh, I think they'll be looking for revenge. Obviously, they'll have enough motivation to go to the super sectional. But um, I think Rolling Meadows is uh, going to be able to uh, hang in there and pick up that win. Um, and the Trevian season will sadly come to an end. But that's just my guess. But to see actually what happens, make sure you keep up with Joe and the record NorthShore.org for all the latest updates. He'll keep you updated. Um, get you all the photos and videos you need um, for that as uh, we are heading into the final stretch here of the winter season. Tryouts for spring sports start on Monday, so uh, we are uh, moving. We are chugging along here. We are heading into the final third of the school year, so um, it's always fun to uh, look forward to. But like I said, make sure you're keeping up with the record NorthShore.org and Joe's work for all the latest things happening here. A quick reminder: you subscribe to the Varsity Podcast. You can uh, subscribe anywhere the podcasts are available. Write a nice little review. We always appreciate the support. Always appreciate the kind words. And make sure you check out older uh, episodes of the podcast. There's some good stuff uh, back there, too. Make sure you check out my stuff at Friday Night Drive. Uh, we've got uh, some stuff coming out. We are in a quiet period right now for recruiting, but things are going to ramp back up here in March uh, with recruiting. So make sure you're checking out our work there. And as always, make sure you're checking out Joe's work at therecordnorthshore.org, not only for his sports, but also everything else going on in the North Shore area. So for joining us, thank you so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.